0: I want to share something this morning. Are we recording, brother? Okay. I want to share something this morning. It's continue. I thought I was done a while ago, but this is the last chapter. I said that before, but it's based on, everything's going to be based on this, but um, it's called the point of origin, and the Lord quickened this to me in a dream, like I said about a week ago, he was speaking to me and showing me something in a dream, and then I came out of it, and he made me wide awake in the middle of the night so that I would get up and uh, start to ponder with him and write some stuff down. And so I want to I develop this just a little bit. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? I want to develop this a little bit this morning um, from the perspective of... Um, What's important for us, I think, as we move into that time of the dividing between soul and spirit. He who began a good work in us will perfect it. That's the Holy Spirit. It's His work in us. His work in us. You may not feel Him a lot of times, but He's at work. And a lot of times when you feel like you're coming to the end of something when you feel desperate. I used to call it holy frustration. Um, But you come to a place where you're discontent with Christianity the way you understand it and know it and feel it. It's because God has brought you there. This whole journey is about your soul. I've been pondering this, John, as we talked about this, about my first recollection of this thing was from the top of the ladder. And then I found myself at the bottom of the ladder. And this process that God began to take me in over 30, 40 years. And I mean, at that time, he showed it to me, but I didn't even understand what he was talking about. And then he began to develop this over the last three or four years. Well, more than that, but the last four, really concentrating on it. And then I began to realize, as we talked about it, then why didn't we just stay there? Then I realized what the Lord was doing was giving me a glimpse as the, of where it's supposed to be and what I was called to. Because I've been called two or three times. I've, I've woke up in the morning and I've been in heaven, in my bedroom. And sometimes for a long period of time, there's no, not even communication. There's no English, there's no talking. Why would you talk? right? You're just in ecstasy in this place, this dimension of the kingdom of God, heaven. And so it was like, why, Lord? Why? And it's because he wanted me to get a point of reference. You need to know. I need to know if I'm going to go to Toronto that I'm actually going to Toronto because if I head to Sarnia, things aren't working out well, right? And if I stay in, in a with the cattle in the barn, I'm just going to keep doing the circles, right? And eating the food and going back and you know what I mean. But I I need a point of reference of where I'm going. And so where I'm going, where you're going, right, is union with God. Oneness with the Creator. To be one with the Father. To know what that means, what Jesus talked about. That's the top. That's where we're to go. But many of us get very satisfied where we are and so he likes to make us dissatisfied we usually blame the devil it's not the devil ultimately up quite a ways on the ladder you'll find out he's a sheepdog he's helping lead you what can he do what can he do to you there's no such thing really of death as death is there you just lay your body down. Do you, you die? No. You can't die. You're a spirit. You just move into another dimension. It's like taking wood and putting it into a fire. Did the, energy, did the energy go anywhere? It just changed form. That's all it does. It changes form. It's still the same properties that made it wood are still there in the combustion of that fire. You can't die. That's a delusion. Oh, you might move out of this little tent here into another dimension. But we first got to stop serving death, the spirit of death, because he's got us worshiping him to find a way to heaven. When Jesus on the cross did the job, Jesus on the cross made the way to heaven, not death which is a delusion. Tell it to Enoch. Tell it to Elijah. They decided not to participate. And God's no respecter of persons. Tell it to the Apostle John. So, if you find yourself frustrated, and you know what the sad part is? There are casualties in this place I'm talking about right here because... Um, Brother Lawrence called it miscarriages. What happens is we leave Christ and we walk away because all that He promised when we were saved, all that we felt is gone. And then we walk away disillusioned instead of allowing it to make you move forward into something greater. The soul, if we look all around us, what do we see? I plant a seed in the ground, sun, water, and the seed. Everything that that oak tree will ever be is in the seed. It's already in you. You don't need anything. It's in the seed. It's in Christ. He's in you. Right? That seed grows up into a massive oak tree. Everything around us has to grow. It starts, a child. You know, the woman becomes impregnated with the seed. And then this process inside of creating the machine takes place. And then she gives birth into a thing Jesus Christ calls a womb. Did you know you're in the womb right now? It's not the womb for your body, but it is a womb. Otherwise, you wouldn't have called it a womb. It's a womb. What is that womb for? It's for your soul. So that your soul might grow into the mighty oak tree. That it might grow up into what God intended. Everything's in the seed. Everything's in here. Right? I just have to allow the process of what the Holy Spirit's doing, the sun and the water to cause me to grow into the truth that I might be born. Right? So there is a process I see. I see, yes, in reality, the cross did the work. That's why I can boldly go right in the throne room. That's why I was able a few moments ago, right into the court. There's nothing to stop me, and I don't have guilt and condemnation now. So I don't have to spend time there. Working on me. He did it. He does a way better job. I can't do it. But once I get there, (laughs) sorry. Yeah. Once I get there, I, 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 Captain, I just wait a minute. <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah. Everybody should drink this wine, seriously. <clears throat> but I'll drink yours if you don't want it. So, I just got to redefine where I was and I'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> yes, yes. The cross did the work. But my soul has to awaken to the reality of what already is. And the process is quite a process. Now, the soul is, is fragile, it's wonderfully and fearfully made, but at the same time, it, it learns through difficult situations. It seems that it takes pressure, you know? They have to apply pressure to the thing for it to evolve on a higher plane of existence. And so God allows these things in our life in order to wake us up. Now I want to inject something here, and I haven't even begun yet. I need to inject something here. That is that um, for the purpose of understanding the soul a little bit, It's like when he woke me in the night and he said, "Um, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And he said to me, look the other way, what do you see? And I said, I don't understand. What do you mean? He said, look the other way, what do you see? I said, I don't know. I'm a little slow getting him. But then I'm in good company. The prophets were the same way in the Old Testament, weren't they? What do you see? He said, you will believe a lie and it will imprison you for your mind. What do you think principalities are? Some big creature that's you're going to have a sword fight with? He's somebody, it's a power that holds you in principle. It keeps your mind in an understanding and locks you there. You can go to different nations and you will see people, the culture, locked in a frame of thinking. And they need to come up out of it. Everybody's got one. Right? And they have to be dethroned. The church has got them. You will believe a lie. And then he said to me, you will believe a paradigm a way of looking and concept and understanding something. And if you think you know, he said, that is pride, it removes the door from the room, and not even I can get to you. Not even Christ can save you. Now, why? That's a pretty intense statement, isn't it? It's because you think you know all things. It's what happened with Lucifer. So how do you protect yourself from this? How funny would it be for a little plant down here going, I'm an oak tree. I'm a great oak tree. I know all things. We call that stupidity, right? And yet, we think we've arrived. And all we got to do is stop for one second and see these signs are not following me. Therefore, I must be stuck. It's common sense. It's just common sense. You stop and you go, I don't know all things. So God wants to wake us up from glory to glory to glory to glory. Levels of revelation waking us up. I'm going to talk a little bit shortly about Dark Night of the Soul. If you've ever heard it, God is just, <clears throat> I read the book, and I didn't get it. I knew about suffering, and I knew about all my concepts of what it might be, but then the Lord showed me what it was, and it wasn't that at all. Those things may apply, may be pressures, but that is not what it is. It helped me to understand something, where I am, where I've been, and what's been going on. The heart of the matter is your heart. The heart of the matter is your heart. Deuteronomy 10:16 it says so circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. That means to cut away the flesh. The carnality. Right? That life might be exposed, become vulnerable, right? Transparent and allow what's within to come out. Cut away the flesh, the thing that's hiding, protecting you, that you think you're safe behind, to remove that. And it would says, we know the term, stiffen your neck no longer, well, what do they mean when they say, well, that guy's got, you know, I think this is probably more of, People in the 40s and 50s that would have said this. but They would have said, you know, that's a stiff-necked person. Unteachable. They're unteachable. Pride. They're not teachable. <clears throat> Job 41.24 says, His heart is as hard as a stone, even as hard as a lower millstone. Well, if you understand how they used to make, you know, grind wheat or, or um, whatever... They, would, they had two stones, and they would grind together, and the one on the bottom, usually but not always, is harder. And it, it grinds it together until it turns that stuff into flour. And so <clears throat> he's saying that our hearts were as hard as a millstone. Second Chronicles, he did right in the sight of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. He kept the rules. He's a good Christian boy, but his whole heart isn't in it. What do we call that? Nominal Christianity. Nominal Christianity. And nominal Christianity is in the heart of the person. They can go to church. They can be in ministry. They could be a great movie and great ministry in the earth, and they're half-hearted. You won't see it, but God does, right? Intimacy is vital. How do we know? You can arrive in the throne room, heal the sick, cast out demons, prophesy all the signs and wonders of a gift. And the Lord says, remove him, for I do not know him. What he's saying is, this man had no intimacy with me. Does that mean he's going to hell? No. He's being removed where nominal Christianity goes. Do you realize there's different places in heaven in that world? Not everybody's going to be in the same place. You either are nominal, hot, cold, right? It says he was weeping and gnashing of teeth. He was in great anguish because everything he did just went up in smoke. Because intimacy is of more value to God than what you ever do. Because the only thing you do that will remain is what he did through you. Had nothing to do with you. Right? As long as we get significance out of what I do, whether it's preaching, whether it's my gifts if I heal the sick, if I get significance from that, I'm blind. It's so important. Intimacy is vital, especially on this ladder. We'll call it a ladder, we'll call it a mountain. It's a place where Moses went, it's a mountain. Different levels on the mountain. He did right He did right in the sight of the Lord. All his acts, he did the right things, yet his heart wasn't with the Lord. It was half-hearted. Ezekiel 36, this is the process of what God does then. He says, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, which in this case he means that can feel, that's alive, it's awake. And I will put my spirit within you And cause you to walk in my statures. This is the work of God. Giving us a new heart that can feel. I remember as a born again Christian. As a born again Christian. I'm sitting, I don't know what year it was. I'm on Erie Street, so who knows. Maybe 84, mid 80's let's say. I don't know. I'm sitting in the the house one night and I'm um, I'm at the dining room table I was reading a book and all of a sudden this, this person comes into my uh, dining room I don't see them but I know where they are they're about 8 feet away from me standing there I know they're there I'm very aware and they're very holy I've had a few times in my life where God comes to me in holiness it's a beautiful thing those I, I cherish the most it's not to make me feel guilty and full of sin but it was to reveal a truth to me and me to take notice and so he shows up he says to me John put the book down well I'm a little nervous because I'm not that old in the Lord and I'm not sure what all's going to happen and uh, you can't hide right you can hide in church you can hide in a crowd but you can't hide from God so he says to me put the book down I says Lord but I'm reading about you <laughs> he must have he must have got a good chuckle out of that I'm reading about you. In other words, I'm a little nervous about what you might have to say here, so I'm kind of like deep in in this thing. Could we talk about this maybe, God, right? You know what he said to me? He said, John, he started out with a line that would scare you. He said, John, your heart is evil. It's desperately sick. And at that point, I should have been crawling under the table and trying to save my life but in the same breath he says but i'm going to give you my heart so that you might love with my love i'm not going to leave it up to you john i'm going to give you a heart of flesh you see this is his work he wasn't coming to be me he was coming to show me a truth you see how beautiful that was it ended on a great note And you know what? Afterwards, I was thinking, why did this happen to me? Then I remembered, Joe, that was during a time when we were praying, and we were crying out to God. I think we were reading some David Wilkerson, and we were crying out to God, Oh God, oh God, come and kill me, kill me. Who does that? We did. We were just these little lambs, right? Come and kill me, Lord. We want to know you, Lord. I want a heart. I need a heart after you, God. Deliver me, you know? And we did that for a while, and then we ended and went on to the next thing, whatever was going on with us. And lo and behold, the Lord shows up to answer me. But I'd forgotten. So at first I'm thinking, what's this all about, you know? This is in response, John. It's a good thing, right? So he wants to transform our hearts to feel Stiff-necked is hard-hearted. Unteachable is when you think you know when you've closed yourself off from the Spirit of God. You may talk about them. doesn't mean you know them. Because i got to tell you something. Just because I walk on the edge of the ocean and feel the spray of it doesn't mean I've trucked around five miles down. So don't believe me. Do you know what I mean? It means the deeper I go in this thing, the less I know, and the glory gets deeper. But I can't give you the mechanics of what happened a few minutes ago. I can't write it out for you and tell you how to do it so you can do it. Five easy steps for $29.95. What I can do is I can lead you to intimacy. Intimacy that you might fall in love and become transparent and willing to be pliable in the hands of the Creator. And things like this will happen because I'm on a journey. We're all on a journey. You haven't arrived and death ain't going to get you there. All right. All things came into being through Him. Apart from Him, nothing came into being that's come into being. All things, good, bad, ugly. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I call it being asleep in the light. It's possible to be asleep in the light. In fact, we all are in one degree or another. It's thinking we know. John uh, 9, uh, 1 9 says, there, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. So this life, this seed comes within me. The word glory in Hebrew means discover my light. The power comes on you. We know glory's heavy, all that, but that's not what it means. That's a result of it. Discover my light. That means something's inside you. It came as a seed. It was the life of Christ. And now the glory of God is that you would discover the way up the ladder. The light that's within you. Awaken to it. That's what that means. Arise means wake up in Hebrew. Wake up. Okay. Matthew thirteen twelve to 15 says, For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. has not that scripture always kind of bent you? It says that he does not have, and yet what he has will be taken away. God, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's talking about light. We're all given. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, Jesus said, because while seeing, they do not see, hearing, they do not hear, and do not understand. It's a language, a code from heaven. It's not what we think it is. It's hidden. Parables. We go around and tell the parables today the way he did, and we think we understand. Well, this means live a good life. This means this. This means this. This means be encouraged. No, it doesn't. Maybe at the foot of the ladder it means that, but that's not what he's talking about. He tells you right here it's a parable. Earthly language, heavenly meaning. It's hidden in it. And here he says, um, this was the case of the prophecy of Isaiah being fulfilled, which said, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. That sucks, doesn't it? You'll keep hearing, but not understand. You'll keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. Perception's everything. For the heart of this people has become... Dull, half hearted. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they've closed their eyes. They're unteachable. Oh, they're wise that they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. And I would heal them. This is really where we're standing in the Western church, right? is that when we would recognize by the fruit of what we do that we do not see, that we would stop and desire to see and become teachable and pliable in the hands of the Creator in whom all things were made. All came, things were, came through Him, by Him, to Him. Christ, the Word of God. Ephesians 5 All things become visible when they're exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Well, that's not talking about the lost. We all know they're dead. I asked the Lord one time, Lord, why is it that so many people are at this church? And seriously, God, it's kind of dead there. Now I'd see another one. Then he said to me, they go to the degree of light that they can feel comfortable in and not be exposed. They're looking for fire insurance, but they do not want to come towards God. So as soon as the light goes up, They back away. I love you, Lord, but I'm going down the street, right? And at first, it kind of bugged me. And then after a while, I realized it's understandable, God. It's understandable. The seed has to grow. It can become stunted. It can become miscarried. Remember, we're in a womb. The soul has got to grow, to be birthed into something for all of eternity. <clears throat> okay. This is the message, he says in 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I'm going to move along here a little bit. <clears throat> Psalm 56, 13, for you have delivered my soul from death, indeed, my feet from stumbling. This is David, so that I might walk before God in the light of of the living in the light of the living what are you talking about David Abraham Isaac and Jacob are alive they're not dead I am the God of the living God said not the God of the dead remember death's delusional it's just a change you, your spirit doesn't die. There's a place of the living and there's a place of the miscarriage, of the death. He's saying, this is David, that he would be before God in the light of the living. So the living are in the light. John 11, 9 to 11, Jesus answered, This is incredible. He says, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anybody walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. This he said, and after this, he said to them. It's connected. You've got to remember this part going into this part. He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I go... What to do, Jesus? To awaken him from sleep. He was using Lazarus as a picture of our needing to walk in the light because we're asleep. Do you see? They're joined. You can't separate the Scripture. He's using the story of Lazarus. He's fallen asleep. I'm going to wake him up. And it's an answer to them when he's teaching them about walking in the light or walking in the dark that we need to wake up. We're dead. Without him, we're dead, separated. John 8, 12 says, Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. But you have to follow him, it's not enough to go through the door says I'm the door that leads unto life the cross, it's not enough to get saved and stand just inside the door of the house he said follow me follow me, there's a following you have to follow you will not walk in the darkness if he follows me he says but will have the light of life now let me reference spirit and soul a little bit from the idea of uh, St. John of the Cross. Do you know who St. John of the Cross is? Does everybody know who he is? I believe he's Italian. He's Spanish for sure. I think he was from Italy. I'm not positive. He was alive at the same time as Madame Guyon, who is French, and they are known as mystics because they went into the deeper things of God to understand. They ascended the ladder so that they would have understanding. They carried their cultural stuff around them, meaning they were, the only thing that was around was Catholicism, so they carried some of that with them. So I always say, eat the chicken, spit out the bones. Right? It's important to spit out the bones. It's not that, that I'm sure I have bones. It's that, it's that, so I tell you, eat the chicken, spit out the bones. Because they carry that. I carry Canadianisms, and I'm not a Canadian anymore. Did you know that? I belong to another race, a new creation race, called the kingdom of God, and I'm a a child of the king, a son being developed in development. Not there, but I'm away. I live in Canada, but the Canadianisms need to be stripped away from me. The cultural stuff that I can't see, that I do without even thinking about it, that blinds me. Well, and the same thing in the church. I have charismatic stuff on me, right? Some of it's good. Some of it's baloney. It's just been handed down traditions, and we've been taught them, and we believe them. It's like the Lord said to me one time when I went out into a little visit to the desert for a while with him. Didn't want to go, went kicking and screaming, but he didn't care. So he took me out there. I'm not talking physically, literally, I'm talking a life experience that took a bit of time. So while I'm out there, he wanted to talk to me about my religious spirit. And I'm saying, like, what are you talking about? And he started to show me. He said, you know that term when people go well I can't go in there and this is a simple one, this was a low one I mean I'm in kindergarten with this he goes, people would say don't go into the bar you might get slimed right? Anybody heard that one? don't hang out with sinners you might get slimed okay? then he showed me a guy who from a church was an elder in a church, came to rent uh, some projection system I had when I was at the youth center And I was walking in there, and I heard him behind me, and he was going, den of iniquity. And he's going on like this. Man, it was all I could do to control myself, to not thump him, right? And he's an elder. So I stop, and I said, what are you saying? He goes, you know what I mean. I said, no, what do you mean? He goes, look at these sinners. This is a den of iniquity, right? And I said, brother, this is more of a church than where you go. I said, look at your attitude. What do you think I'm doing out here? You know? And, and at the, the Lord brought that back to me. And he was showing me that I had some of that in me. And then he said, you know, it's a little like this. Where did I hang out? I said, oh, yeah. And then he said to me, let me put it in your language. When you go in the bar, you slime them. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The light. You ever see darkness put light out? Doesn't work. But you light a little tiny match in a pitch black room. And it's amazing the light that comes off that thing. He said, you got it backwards. Who's deceived you? Let's clean that away. Right? Well, I feel beat up and I'm in the desert. He teaches me that I'm the Slimer. I'm the guy with the light. Carry on into the dark. That's where I'm sending you, John. Don't put your light under a bushel basket. Remember we used to read that as kids, or sing that little song as kids? We didn't listen, obviously, because we built little baskets. Anyway, he has to strip this stuff away so that we will begin to understand what some of these things mean. So John 5.37 says, And the Father who sent me, he's testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time or seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you. At this point they didn't, did they? For you do not believe him whom he sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life you're going to have to hold on as I go through this little bit right now and listen because this is going to offend you a little bit maybe a lot you think that in them you have eternal life it is these that testify about me and you're unwilling to come to me so you, have, so you may have life. That is one powerful scripture right there. I'll tell you why. Because there's a point where you must come to Christ and let go of your security blankets. Does it mean I don't believe in the Word? No, I love the Word of God. The Word of God got me to hear. Doesn't He say that? They testify of me. But they're only going to take you so far on the ladder. Then at that point, you're going to have to let go of the blankies. And part of the problem is, is your perception of Scripture. Remember? Principalities, holding people in thought, a paradigm. You ever heard of the word paradigm shift? Change of the way we think. The way we see, perceive, it's got to happen. For judgment, he says, this is is John, St. John of the Cross. For judgment, I've come into this world that they who see not may see. He's quoting Jesus. And they who see may become blind. Why? Does that make sense? No. Not in your understanding. But what he's saying is this. If you think you see, you're going to become blind. But if you realize you can't, you'll begin to see. It's humility. Humility and pride. Are you teachable? Are you pliable? Is God able to take you up? to a higher state of understanding and seeing. Um, This relates to the spiritual road. He who is in darkness, blind as to his own proper natural light, shall see supernaturally. That means you have to let go of your natural understanding. And he who shall rely on any light of his own the greater will be his blindness. The only is going to get to you a little bit. And the more he shall be hindered on the way of the divine union with the Father. God desires divine union with the Father. That's his purpose. That's why Christ came. Now I'm going to show you what the Lord began to show me. I'll give you an example first that that, um, John gave. A blind man has no understanding of color, does he? And he must rely on what he's told as he has never seen color. Faith is darkness to the soul, but reaches up to see what is not seen or understood but must trust Christ. That's what faith is. Faith is is darkness. You've heard that there is a dark cloud that surrounds God? you heard of this? It's faith. You think that you can see colors and you're pitch blind. If a blind man says, well, what's yellow? What's red? Right? So faith takes us to a place we're going to see and move into things you've never even known. I find it really funny that there's some people traveling in the body of Christ right now building up a carnal heaven. Come on. Think about it. Eye has not seen, ear is not heard, never even entered the heart of man. What is that? What is that? I don't know, because we've never seen. When Paul said, I've seen things I can't tell you about, it's not because it's a secret, and I'm not telling you. It's because I have no grid work how to explain to you something I don't even know what it was. It's like it's a a two-legged dog with a head like a lion and it's like, and it flies and it it turns into this and does, what? And that's just me trying to find something. I mean, that doesn't even cut it. It's talking about a realm that you and I have never seen or understood. And yet we teach about it. Holy, think about that. So here's a guy, he lived a long time ago, and what he's saying to us is, you want to understand faith, brother? Faith is when you move into a realm where you're no longer secure because you're in pitch blackness now. What I've known that got me this far has been good stuff, but it can't help me anymore. It only testified of Christ." the only way I can move into the dark is I must know he loves me. I must know that he is so in love with me, Song of Solomon, you know, he's kissing me all the time. He's just, right? It's part of the journey, the bridal paradigm. I must know the love of God shed had brought in my heart, be so ecstatically in love with God that I understand the cross, that Jesus loved me so much he made a way to remove guilt and condemnation and bring me into Christ consciousness, not sin consciousness. I have to move on. So then once I'm there and I'm living in this place of ecstasy with God, then God says, Do you trust me, brother? Remember, the soul is in the womb. Do you trust me? Yes, Lord. I would follow you anywhere. I trust you with everything, man. Can we free fall without a chute? If you really want to. I'm a little concerned about it. Can I take you by a way? Will you trust me when I want to mess with your theology and your paradigm? Or you want to hold on? The soul wants to hold on, I've got to tell you. It does. At that point, everybody's going to call you a heretic. And they killed them. And these guys, they knew things. We have no idea. And God is bringing things in our day. The light's shining, guys. This is what he showed me. He said i seen a rainbow, and it broke down into seven colors. Again, a lot of this stuff he explained. You have no grid work for. I mean, I see it in part. See, I'm filtering it through my intellect, my reason. But eventually, he takes you to a place where your reason can't go anymore. The reason has to stop. It's standing at the edge of the CN Tower going, no, no, no! And Jesus is saying, yes! Do you love me? Do you trust me? I am life. Let go. That's where the church is. That's what God's coming to do. Do you trust me? Or do you trust more your understanding of me? Because I am not what you think. Right? Shows me this rainbow and the colors. Now, do I follow the blue? We have churches out here that follow the blue. Revelation. Robo-revelation. So we follow the blue. Or I get the red. They see the red and they're all about the blood. Blood's perfect. Revelation's perfect. It's all good, isn't it? But it's not good in itself. It's not by itself. You see, yellow. It's going to be a new day, brother. Tomorrow we enter a new day because I've seen yellow. Get it? But the Lord said to me as I was seeing this, He said, point of origin. Point of origin, He said to me. Come to the light. The white piercing light. You're seeing it all broke down in pieces. Come to me. Right? So he said, if I follow it back to the origin, where it originated, which is where it began, pure white light, the Father, Abba Daddy. I'm being called not to settle with reason, or man's splinter of color, but to seek the source of life who isn't bound to our perception of truth, but the origin of knowing which takes us into the unknown of the soul's reach and understanding. Thus the dark night of the soul is as it lets go to pass through the dark cloud into union with love, God himself do i follow man do i follow man's revelation or do i go to the source myself the origin god himself we think we die and we all go to the same place no this is very important if i pull a baby out at three months does it look fine to you Brother Lawrence said, man, a miscarriage here is unretrievable. We have no concept of this stuff. We're too busy following the latest greatest instead of God himself who wants to take us into the darkness. (laughs) There's a message that will get you a long ways in a big conference. God wants to bring you into the darkness. I'm not following Lucifer. No, you already are. He wants to take you where you've not been before. Star Wars, right? The darkness of your soul. Your soul has a cap of reason. I mean, even science tells us. What are you using? 10%. And 3% of your DNA. So 97% isn't working at the moment that you're aware of. They call it dark matter. They call it um, garbage DNA. But they find light in it. They just don't know what it is. What happens when that other 97% wakes up? Huh? Huh? Maybe you see things differently. Our 3% definitely isn't seeing at 100. No matter how great a teacher you think you've had in the world, he's operating at 3%. And God, the light, is at 100. Well, maybe it's a lot more than that. I don't want to hold him down. So do you understand dark night, night of the soul? I used to think it was a suffering thing and everything, but it's when the Lord started to come to me and said, John, you have your menorah, I have mine. Yours is dead, doesn't work. This one's filled with glory. What do you want to do? Why are you keeping that, John? Then he showed me Linus with his dirty blanket. That's my self-righteousness. He said, what are you doing with that? He says, you think you find comfort from it. Everybody else sees how dirty it really is in heaven. Let go of that thing. Get that out of your hands, boy. What it was, was it? It was my understanding of God in Christianity. My menorah. Had no life in it. And if we stop and we're reasonable, right? Dead aren't raised. This is the true apostolic riches, by the way. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, they use it for tithing, but it's about apostolic power. It's just the fruit. They're not doing it. They're just, just happening behind them, right? Because the glory, the light comes out of you. We can choose to stay wherever we want on the mountain or the ladder. And if you don't know about that, I've done a couple of teachings on breaking all that down. But the one who joins himself to the Lord, it says, is one spirit with him. First Corinthians 6, 17 to nine, and 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who's in you? You want to find God? He's right here looking at you right now. He's in in you. Whom you have from God and that you are not your own. You are not your own. Free will ended at salvation. We just didn't know about it until you get up to uh, bondservant. Then you are awakened to this. I don't have a choice. What choice? I made the choice. I decided to follow him instead of the pit. In my case, death. So I still think it's mine. It tells me right here. Well, you've got to cut this scripture out of here. You've got a pair of scissors. So pride is the soul that is so blind as to think it is something in itself. Humility is the journey from delusion or separation to coming to rest in the light. Light, no shadow of turning, transparent, vulnerable, real, to see and be seen, the soul is always trying to get something or be something, to attain to something or earn something, because it has not come to rest in the light where Christ is enough. The journey of the soul ends where it begins, at the cross. But now in full knowledge that the soul has found life out of death, there it by enters into the light, picking up its cross and finding eternal life in the Spirit. The world is filled with darkness. I'm almost there. The world is filled with darkness, shadows, confusion, half-truths, souls lost in their own delusion, building their own kingdoms in a vapor of time, in a womb where they were given opportunity to pursue the light, but their deeds are selfish continually. Seek to save your life, Jesus said, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Look to the cross, see the light. I'd like to interject one more thing in here, and that is, as we journey up, in awakening, to Him omnipresent in me, through me, all around me. Those points of frustration I talked about earlier, sometimes they are gifts of the Holy Spirit. The reason being is that anytime time I find any security in anything but God, I've lost my way. He can move powerfully through me. But the problem is, if all of a sudden I follow or my point on my compass is the powerful move through me, I've lost my way. Because the purpose of our perception and our view has to be the light. Discover my light. That I would focus, fix my eyes to Paul, like Paul said, to apprehend that which is apprehending me, pulling me into itself. And if I do that, then God's able to move through me without me finding identity in it or thinking it's Him. See, that's not Him. Him in the sixth, not Him. It's just something He does. Right? So if I get hooked on that, I'm 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 sidetracked. I miss out on why I'm here. Why are you here? To heal the sick? You didn't even know there was sick in the womb, did you? (laughs) Why are you here? To know God. keep pressing upward through the cross, out of the shadows of human wisdom, and past (coughs) half-truths. Excuse me. Then past the miracles of his hand, past the rainbow of the promises of God even, past the mentoring spirits by his grace. Mentoring spirits, the seven spirits of God. We need them, but I don't now want to make it my ministry or who I am. By the grace, by his grace, picking up the cross, your cross, becoming one with the light, entering into the source of light, your Father, the one who is the beginning and the end, Abba. This is the journey of the soul, out of darkness into the light. If it chooses the cross, finds its way back to the Father, out of the great deception, into the great mystery, of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Does that take a new light for you now? Christ, the seed in me, with the hope of me discovering the light, the glory. That's just the power source. Remember what I told you a couple of weeks ago? People seek power. The problem is, it's authority. Author- power comes out of authority. It's not by itself. If it is, you wonder where it's coming from. Be careful. Even up here, do you see in this place, I can't even trust the revelations anymore. They were good for me. I'm not saying they weren't God, or weren't God-given, but they weren't God. So at that point, I can't stay there and think that's it. i got to press on into the light, into the darkness, through the darkness. When I say darkness again, my soul freaking out because it has no grid work, no road map, nothing except to trust the beloved. Now, I've had all this time to learn that he's good. Do I now believe it? And if I believe it, I can now go forward into a place I've never been before. What does it look like to walk into pure light? What does it look like to live in it? Yabba dabba do. This drink's for you. That's where we're going. Mm. This is the journey of the soul out of darkness into the light. If it chooses the cross, finds its way back to the Father, out of the great deception, into the great mystery of Christ, the hope of glory in me. It's by grace For there's no self. There never was. (laughs) That's the delusion. You and I are one. God is the greater consciousness. I'm conscious. What makes me me? I'm conscious. I'm aware I'm standing here talking to you in a building on 113 West Gore Street. That's what makes me me. If I wasn't aware of any of that and I was standing here, I wouldn't be conscious. And I am part of him, and so are you. Therefore, whatever I do to you, I do to him. It's just immaturity. It's me still thinking I'm separate. I'm still trying to find God when God's here all the time, right? Remember the thing? We're going on a far journey to a place nearby, and when we finally arrive, We'll realize we've always been. Father said, I am. What are you looking for? I am. I end with Philippians 1, 21. For me to live is Christ. For you to live is Christ. To die is gain. That means to separate But if I'm alive and I live on in the flesh, this means faithful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose, Paul says. I'm hard-pressed from both directions. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, for that's much better. You see, he's come so far now into the light that he understands it. He's nothing like we think. When he says, I'll be with you in spirit, man, I'll be there. It didn't mean I'm behind you, brother. So God, I believe, is challenging us not to be satisfied. So the first question you have to ask yourself is, is your security in what you know? Or is your security in Jesus Christ? secondly are we willing to follow the holy spirit through the black cloud that means where your soul gets a little scary in order that we might enter into the fullness of where jesus dwells in the holy of holies which is right inside you if we think we're trying to get something and we're asking him to come, we are fortifying a lie from Lucifer called unbelief. We're teaching separation, distance, and delay. These are lies from the pit. Jesus never taught it. Where's the kingdom? It's in you. Where's Christ this morning? In you. I would love to see Jesus physically appear in this room and sit and talk to us but I realize even that is immaturity he's right here with me now why do I want him out here I used to say to him Lord I'm kind of ticked when I was a young Christian I'm kind of ticked Lord being born now I would have loved to have been born and been one of the disciples and I could have hung out with you and watched you doing the miracles and all this stuff and he goes John you don't get it the closest person to me in that day was john he put his head on my chest john wasn't anywhere near where you are i'm in you you can't get any closer to me than you are right now and everyone can have that i live at the greatest time in history a lot better than when the disciples were on the earth with jesus I'm living at a time where Jesus is waking us up to why he came in that period. If I don't go away, he said, he said, in fact, it's very important that I go away because if I don't go away, I can't send the Holy Spirit to you. That was the plan of God. Do you see that? Before the foundation of the world. What was that for? To wake us up to who we really are. You are not human beings. You are a new creation. Christ being the firstborn of many brethren. You are not. Human beings are after the first Adam. They're fallen. Everything you see in the world is based out of a fallen state. It's not God. Even the good is out of a fallen state. 3% DNA. 10% understanding out of the brain. Am I getting to you on this dark night of the soul thing? It's so important to understand it. As long as you get comfortable and hang out in the understanding you got, you're not making him happy. I mean, he died to bring you up the ladder back to the Father. That was his whole purpose. Let's stand. Father. Father. Woo! Point of origin, Daddy. Point of origin. God, let us never lose perspective. Don't let me get caught up in the multifaceted minds of man don't let me get caught up even with the gifts and the things around me, Lord, but let me only get caught up with your heart. Let me only put my, fix my eyes on my beloved so that I might access what is accessed me. That we might begin to live and move and have our being in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I love you, Father, only because you first loved me or I wouldn't even know. Foo! Yeah. Uh, it's by your Spirit you all know the quickening. hmm when you feel quickened by a scripture you read, when you feel quickened by a dream, when you feel quickened by a thought that just passes you like a breeze, and in your soul, it's quickened. It's like, ooh, that was good. Wow, God, you do exist, don't you? Wow, Lord, what do you want to teach me? He would say to you, I want you to follow the quickening. I want you to come home in me. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> Woo! All are called, but few find. Thank you, Father. I ask you to take your word, Lord, as you have released it today. Not mine, yours. Any of the fluff that came out of me, let it fall to the ground, because it profits nothing anyways. And quicken our spirits with the light that is within us as you lead us, Holy Spirit, back to Abba. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen.